Training camp lines are here, and the Jets are preparing to show us their early thought processes as to who might be lining up on the starting lineups when the Jets roll into the regular season later this year. We'll dive into what the camps are showing, all coming up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, like I said, obviously, you know, this is a really exciting time. We finally have early training camp lines from the Jets. And you know what? These lines feel like this is kind of Winnipeg tipping its hand as to what it feels uh, we're going to see here later this year. Now, I think this is a legitimately interesting group, um, especially up front. Like the defense, the defense isn't really getting changed, but the forward grouping is pretty different from what we had last year. And I think that there's a a lot to be excited about and a couple of longer term questions for the Jets to answer, which they can't really get into until they start the season. So let's start off with the top line, right? The Jets are going to roll Connor Shifley and Velarde together, which uh, you know, Connor and Shifley, look, in, in the past, we've we've seen this combo. We know it's not maybe the most ideal duo, but you know what? If you're going to have uh, those guys, two of your best finishers paired together uh, and two of your, well, unfortunately, biggest defensive black holes when it comes to the players up front, Velarde has actually shown some really defensively uh, astute play. He has generally limited scoring chances against and control play further up the ice. So if you're going to ask Connor and Shifley to be your primary creators, I think in in a lot of ways, Velarde is kind of like the ideal supporting player for them. A guy who can help in transition, who is defensively responsible, but is still creative enough and actually has a pretty nasty little shot. So Velarde, I think, is going to feast up there. I think this is... Uh, probably one of the more suited line mates for for Mark and Connor. Um, so you know what? If that's the trio that starts next uh, next month, I can probably live with that. Then you've got Ehlers, Perfetti, and Niederreiter. This is a super fun, highly skilled, potentially very explosive group. Uh, you have Ehlers, who is your best transition player. You've got Niederreiter, who has shown to be a very capable middle six winger with a nasty little chip on his shoulder and, uh, <clears throat> you know, some really underrated finesse and skill. And then down the middle, you've got Cole Perfetti, who I've talked about before as being my pick for one of Winnipeg's future long-term centers. Everything about the way that he plays for me 
looks like a guy who belongs at center. You know, his his defensive work rates, his positioning and where he anticipates the play being directed to, and his intelligence in getting himself into dangerous areas, for me, makes Cole an ideal center. I feel like at wing, you know, you'll notice his lack of foot speed a little more but down the middle where he can survey the ice and kind of map out how he wants to create opportunities. That is where you're going to see him be his absolutely most lethal. Now, of course, uh, you know, this, this top six for me, I don't really know that there's much that I would necessarily change. I think it's a very good, very balanced group. Uh, you might say that Ehlers could get, you know, top line billing. And I think that would certainly be fine, but it's not like, um, this this trio that he's currently with is going to be uh, slow or anything, right? This is going to be a really dangerous group. The bottom six is a little more of a question mark, not because it's bad, but because I feel like, you know, there are some interesting players, perhaps in roles that I don't think they really should be, right? You've got Ayafalo, Lowry, and Appleton together, and we all know that Lowry's probably going to get the third line center role because. He's played there before. Bowens really loves and trusts him, and he's now your captain. So <clears throat> the expectation is probably that Lowry is going to have quite a few minutes this year, which I, you know, I have my own reservations about it. I think that that could backfire for the Jets if they aren't careful, right? Uh, Lowry is, is a very fun player, and he's been a very hard worker, but we know that offensively, th that part of his game doesn't always uh, show show as nicely as you'd want for someone backing up your top two centers. Now, Appleton, you know, I talked about him yesterday, and I, I sort of wonder where his career goes from here because uh, last year he just really fell off a bit, and he really struggled to recover. So this is kind of like a really big audition year for him because <clears throat> his current deal is kind of running down. I don't know that he's shown a ton necessarily, and he's got some real stiff competition with other players on this roster who are going to be fighting for one of these spots. So Appleton, you know, I, I think this is probably a bit of a put up or shut up season for him. Uh, obviously, it'd be nice if he has a really good year because he certainly has uh, some legit skill. And I think those those tool sets that he has uh, married to some pretty decent defensive acumen really should make him a more successful player than he's been, but it just hasn't worked out yet. We're still kind of waiting to see him become like the light version of Andrew Cup. It has not happened yet. Now, the line that I think really should be the third line is Baron Kupari and Nemesnikov. This is a group of players that has very intriguing potential. We know what Nemesnikov is, right? That's not really a surprise, but Baron and Kupari are slightly bigger question marks. Baron, we've seen, you know, start to really excel in transition and creativity. You know, he might not have like elite top line winger skills, but he's shown, you know, a pretty decent amount of, I would say, playmaking finesse. Uh, and he'll drive into that slot area. He'll prowl around the faceoff circles. He's not afraid to physically mix it up. He's a very well-rounded attacker and somebody who I think has more skill and finishing talent than we've seen so far. It's just a question of whether those pucks are going to go in for him, and I think that could be really beneficial this year. Now, in this role that he's in, he's going to struggle to, to find the back of the net, but hopefully Kupari is able to lift him up a bit. And Kupari is a very intriguing guy because up until this point, his numbers have been pretty pedestrian. He hasn't exactly looked like a world beater, but that could certainly change if 
uh, he finds himself in a you know you know in a in a good spot. Maybe he starts to elevate his play alongside Baron and the Mesnikov. I think for my money, this group really is uh, one of the more intriguing trios of this lineup because we know so little about Kupari's you know ceiling. And Baron, you know, he's certainly has shown some flashes that makes me think that there's more to him. So this bottom six could be decent. But speaking of decent and, and maybe players who have a chance to really expand their roles, I wanted to focus on a couple of guys who I think could potentially earn bigger spots this year and hopefully, you know, big promotions further up the lineup. We'll talk about those players and why they could help the Jets in just a little bit. Before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Those of you who travel abroad a lot or even just to a couple of longer distance trips, you know that at any point things can go wrong and you need to be prepared. Jace Medical offers you the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind no matter what the situation is and you'll always have this medication on hand. It's small, convenient, portable, and, of course, Jace Medical really makes it simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation uh, to, you know, pharmacy uh, transfers and, and licensed medication. They'll help with delivery, ongoing consultation, and care. And, of course, you know what? They also offer a discount for Locked On listeners. You can save more than 360 by getting these life-saving uh, antibiotics with Jace Medical, and... Listeners can get an additional $20 off by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Uh, and that is at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And again, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us in tonight's episode as we are diving into uh, what's what, what are some early preseason and training camp lines. And honestly, this is giving some pretty decent insight into how Bonus kind of sees this lineup. And, and so far, I think we're seeing a, a pretty clear stratification of your elite skill and your players that Bones kind of views more as the four-checking units, which in fairness, based on how he's arranged it, yes, they are kind of all four-checking units in the bottom six. And you do have a pretty clear um, skill gap at the top. So I'm personally not as big of a fan of the idea of like a top six and a bottom six. I think that sort of stuff is a little bit more old fashioned because, um, you know, increasingly you're seeing teams like Colorado and some of those top contenders just loading all four lines up. And I know that, that the Jets can't necessarily do that, but I do wonder if maybe they could rearrange their lineups a little bit to have a more balanced top nine. One of those players who might be uh, able to be rearranged and who might be auditioning for a bigger role with this team is Rasmus Kupari. Kupari, when he was drafted, I remember it was a couple of years ago, the Kings got him, and a lot of scouts were intrigued by his size and his skating because he's not a small kid. He's got very, very, very strong edge work that's very smooth, and offensively, he's got a pretty decent shot. You know, he doesn't have, like, the most prolific goal-scoring record, but he has smart offensive instincts. His passing's not half bad. There's a, there's a legit player there, but so far, none of that really translated to the NHL. Now, I say that, but he was also used in a pretty sheltered, very minor role with the Kings. And so my question for him as he comes into this training camp is, do you have another gear? 
I think Bones referred to it during some of his press conferences uh, that there's a chance for Kupari to maybe earn a big role with this team. And if that's the case, I wonder who he would bump down because honestly, you know, Appleton, I feel like is not getting demoted. Maybe um, Ayafalo could, but I feel like Ayafalo is being paid too much and is going to just be too effective to really demote. And I can't imagine that they would demote their captain to the fourth line. So yeah, I don't even know how Kupari would like slide up necessarily, but let's just assume that he does. I think that would help, you know, your third line out pretty decently. I think Appleton maybe being rotated more into the fourth line would be a better suit, uh, better match for his skills and suit him better. Uh, it also would just help him get a little bit more back on track since he is likely to face softer competition. So I think that could be beneficial. Uh, another player that I think is really going to be fighting for a bigger spot is uh, Morgan Barron. I know Barron I've talked about at length as being a really intriguing player, but I still feel like in the fourth line role, you're just not really making the most of him. Uh, Morgan, for me, has some legit top nine upside, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's like 50 or 60 point upside, but there's something there with him, like a legitimately strong player with a great shot, smart positioning i always find that he's in very dangerous areas down low especially in front of the keeper and that's the kind of stuff that you want to see when you're looking at a player of his size and his ability to grind and forecheck because eventually that stuff's going to turn into points that end up you know helping the jets move ahead so i i, I think for me baron i i really do think he's a legit you know stud for a, a depth player i think that there's more to his game and I'm hoping that, you know, maybe with a successful training camp and preseason, he can kind of put the bug in somebody's ear that he really should get more ice time. I feel like he was one of the most consistently interesting and effective players last year, a guy who always fought on every shift and really gave gave it 100% and legitimately started to look more and more dangerous as the year went on. Aside from that, you know, um, I, it's, it's hard to say that there's really a lot of competition uh, I think, you know, if you're looking at Nemesnikov, Vlad probably knows that he's going to be cast in a bottom six role this year. It's interesting that they paid him like $2 million or so, and he's on the fourth line. That, to me, seems a little expensive for, you know, a player uh, who honestly should kind of be on the third line. Nemesnikov has legitimately been really decent for the Jets, and so I, I, I continue to come back to this idea that, like, the third and the fourth lines are honestly needing to be swapped. I feel like the fourth line is actually more effective and more skilled. And if you swapped, I don't know, Kapari with Ayafalo or something, you'd have a potentially really good unit in Ayafalo, Baron, and Nemesnikov together. I think it'd make a great third line. I think you'd have some decent offensive output because you've got a natural finisher in Ayafalo, uh, a, a transition creator in Baron, and Nemesnikov can be kind of your two-way defensively-minded center. So you really couldn't go wrong, but obviously Bones is going to have uh, his vision for the team, and we just have to hope that this year it's a little more successful than it was last year. On the blue line, I don't really know that there's anyone who's going to be able to move up. Uh, I, I think at this point, you know, there's more competition for the press box than anything, or at least being like the first injury replacement. So, you know, I don't really know how the Jets are going to handle this because Stanley, Capobianco, and Chisholm really can't be waived. Uh, you know, you're going to potentially lose one of them for free. And we know how the Jets are when it comes to that sort of stuff. I wouldn't really care if if somebody claimed Capobianco or Stanley, but I know organizationally, 
the Jets hold him in high regard. And Chisholm, you really don't want somebody just picking him up for free, especially when you don't even know quite what he is at the NHL level yet. So uh, some stuff to consider for the Jets roster-wise, and hopefully one of these defenders gets a chance to maybe fight for a role alongside the prospects. But I think for the time being, until that log jam is cleared, we're kind of looking at a pretty set group. So does that make me happy? No, but it is what it is. Now, all of this leads me to a question that I think is worth asking, and it's very simple. Are the Jets actually good? I think that's a complicated one, and we'll talk about it in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Snap into action uh, with the NFL season by joining FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets, and that's guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. For someone like me who has struggled with the start of this NFL season, uh, my fantasy team is in shambles, let me tell you. But you know what? All the same, I'm going to you know drop some, some cash perhaps on the Baltimore Ravens because I think that they're ready to go all the way. Maybe you agree. Maybe you think it's the Vikings year. Whoever you support, be sure to join FanDuel for all of the action with uh, all the spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more that they offer. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us on these closing thoughts for tonight's show as we talk about a question that I haven't really asked before, but maybe I've hinted around. And that question is quite simple. Are the Jets good? The answer is a lot less simple because it requires thought process for two different portions of the team. You know, the, the forward grouping, I just basically sat there raving about for you know the last 15 or so minutes the defense is where you start to really ask serious questions morrissey demello dylan and pionk as a top four is serviceable it's not ideal and then sandberg and whoever else uh schmidt i guess um yeah, as your third pairing it is what it is right sandberg i'm hoping he carves out a bigger role and earns more ice time but unless one of Dylan or or one of these other guys gets traded, I feel like he is kind of going to be one of those players who's a little bit, you know, expen, uh, expensed a little bit, right? I feel like the other players are going to uh, get more ice time. But, you know, Dylan did start to earn more responsibility from Bones towards the end of the year last year. So maybe Hope Springs Eternal and the Jets can run a, a bit more of like a three-pairing, uh, roughly even distribution, right? Because for one thing, you've got to get Pionk's minutes down. I feel like that has to happen. Neil tries really hard, but offensively, you know, it's not covering for his defensive lapses. And then with Dylan and, you know, Schmidt, Dylan, he's good defensively, but offensively, he lacks that little bit of finesse and creativity. Schmidt just hasn't really been much of a factor in most of the games that he's played for the Jets, which is unfortunate because, like, I really thought he would be a dynamic creator, a really solid puck moving defender, and it just didn't really pan out. So uh, this is kind of a season for him to try and turn things around and right the ship. But, you know, not really putting a lot of money on that. I think what we're seeing with him is pretty much what he is. And so all of that makes you wonder, well, if he's kind of saying that the, the defense isn't so great, but the forward grouping is, where does that leave the Jets? And for me, I feel like the Jets might be good relative to the competition, right? Because you've got like Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado as your top 
opponents in the central. And then, you know, not to say that like the Preds and the blues aren't going to have a shout, but like the Preds should be rebuilding and the blues are probably close to rebuilding too. So I I just don't know that there's a lot of competition there. I I think the Pacific for me is going to be the tougher of the two divisions this year, Vegas, Seattle, uh, to an extent, Calgary, uh, of course, Edmonton, always a pain in the butt. Um, and then, you know, Vegas, right? Like that, that's just, it's a really, uh, sorry, I think I might've already said Vegas, uh, LA is, you know, another team that's kind of on the rise. I feel like in the West, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty deep group of teams. So would I say the jets are good? I, I think that they're getting there. Um, I guess my big thing that I want to watch for is how the D activate this year, because, Last year, they started off really aggressively. Then they became, you know, more and more passive and conservative as the season wore on until the point where they just really weren't that much of a factor offensively. And if your forwards don't really have enough support, if they are not getting a lot more help from the blue line, they're just not as good at their jobs. It's a it's a simple thing, right? Like you have five guys on the ice who need to coordinate together. And if you're not really getting much from your two blue liners, that's a very big gap for you to surmount, especially when your opponent's probably going to have all five guys sitting deep, ready for you to attack. So, yeah, you know, the Jets, for me, I feel like have the potential to be a really fun team. I think that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not going to sit there and say that they're going to be really good, but I think they'll be fun. I'm leaning towards them being exciting to watch. I think that they will exchange lots of goals. Uh, I'm hoping that it's more in Winnipeg's favor, but you know, it, it could be a tough one, especially if they trade Hellebuck, right? If they trade Helly, obviously, you know, Delia and, and Brassois are going to be the two guys to really man the net. And I don't know about you, but I'm not really feeling overly confident in their ability to uh, steal the Jets more than just a couple of games. So yeah, it, it's tough, right? I really love the Jets. I want to be super optimistic for this year, but based on what I've seen this offseason and how the roster is constructed, I still have a couple of lingering questions for the Jets to answer, but they don't have to do it tonight. They can do it another time this week. Uh, I'm always keeping an eye out and hoping for the best, and we will continue talking about how the Jets can prepare for preseason and really prep for what should be a fun regular season uh, you know, on, on future episodes. But for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. As always, I really appreciate you sticking around and listening. If you made it this far, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Again, I am Harrison. I will see y'all later. And uh, as always, have a great night and go Jets go.